Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride Your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast as a part of the Behind the Steel Curtain network of podcasts. Welcome back. It is hump day, everyone. Happy hump day. That means one thing and one thing only. In the second half of this podcast, we have the mailbag coming up. I got to be honest. The Steelers win on Sunday 20-18 to over Tommy Boy. You all know my feelings about that guy. But still, I'm expecting the tweet that I put out every Tuesday morning to just go off. And we've had 42, 45 the last two weeks. Ride or Die crew is kind of calm this week, and I'm fine with it. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. No one wants to hear me blabber on for an hour. So we're going to dissect everything from Mike Tomlin's press conference. We're going to update you on the injuries, news on Kenny Pickett and concussions. We're going to update our DEFCON information and also talk about the crux of this podcast and news that's going on surrounding the Pittsburgh Steelers. But before we do all that, before we do all that, I want to say that we have a giveaway coming up. And it's a quick turnaround, folks. It's a quick turnaround. So here's how this is going to work. Before the season started, if you listen to my shows that long, and maybe you're a brand new listener, I talked about the company Homage. I love Homage's gear. I love their t-shirts. I've gotten several of their t-shirts. Their hooded sweatshirt is one of the most comfortable hooded sweatshirts ever. The one thing that they do that is so flipping cool, and I have to be honest, I could have just, they offered to give me one of these jackets. And I said, no, can we do it in a giveaway? And they said, yeah, that's fine. Let's do it in a giveaway. So this is a starter jacket. So Homage and the company Starter have come together, and they're making these retro jackets they're putting them out now these things sell quick the last time they did these jackets now for these for the for the guys that are my age uh i mean i'm 39 years old i'll be 40 in february when i think of starter jackets i think of the pullovers 
the Florida State, that that pouch in the front. That's what I think of. You got to go back a generation. Think Chuck Knoll on the sideline with that black shiny starter jacket on the back. It just says Steelers in that really famous script, and it's got the Steeler logo on the front badge. So that's what they're giving away. They're giving away one of these jackets, and I do. I, I I've told you all before the season started. I was going to do a giveaway, and I said I got to push it back. I was waiting for something bigger, and this is what we've got. So here's how it's going to work. You have to listen to Wednesday, today's Let's Ride. At the When I come back before the mailbag segment, I'm going to tell you. I'm, I'm telling you when I'm giving you the, the clue. I'm going to give you the clue. you got to write down the information if you think you know the answer. Then tomorrow, Thursday, you have to listen to Dave Schofield's Stat Geek. He's going to give you a clue. you got to write it down. Friday, I'm going to give you a third clue, and then you have to listen to the noon show on Friday, Brian Davis, Kevin Smith, the Here We Go Steelers show, to get your final clue. The first person to send me an email with the correct answers will be the winner. Now, I do have to say, the only size that Starter offers in this jacket is small to extra, extra large. That's double X. They do not do extra, extra small, and they don't do triple X. That's not homage's policy. That is starter's policy. So unfortunately, if you're super small or super big, you're going to have to maybe give the gift, give it as a gift to someone else, which would be a fantastic gift. But still, that's what you got to do. So pay attention. Coming out of the break, you're going to get a, you're going to get a trivia question. You got to write it down if you know the answer. And then on Friday at noon is when we're going to have the final part of this trivia the fourth piece you gotta have four pieces of trivia the answers to them to get this starter jacket i'm really excited and if you want to know what it looks like check out behind the steel curtain.com i will have an article out at 6 30 a.m pittsburgh time that'll show you and have all the details all the information you can check it out it's really really cool all right let's talk about some news injury updates mike tomlin tuesday yeah that's right mike tomlin was in front of the mic and he was in rare form if you haven't listened to this mike tomlin press conference i highly recommend you do the way he just started it off after, before he always says, I'm going to, I'll hand it over to you all for questions. The way he says, I'm going to hand it over to you all to, for questions, or if you want to talk about what Ryan Clark said today. <laughs> wow. Shot across the bow at one particular uh, beat writer. Not going to say who it is. They might work for the worldwide leader in sports, but that's beside the point. He highlighted some injuries. So let's go over the injuries. We'll talk about the quarterbacks last. Steven Sims. Dealing with a hamstring. That was not known after the game. Dealing with a hamstring might be limited early in the week. Miles Jack and James Daniels are dealing with ankles, meaning they, they might be limited also. Larry uh, Larry O. Larry Ogunjobi was dealing with a knee. Remember, he had that back injury last week. And Mason Cole's foot is still be, being monitored, we'll put it that way. But remember, he didn't practice at all until Friday last week and was still able to play. Coach Tomlin did also say that there are some players that are potentially returning. And he's excited about that. Minka Fitzpatrick with his knee injury, hoping to get him back in practice. Same with Cam Sutton and Akella Witherspoon with their hamstring injuries. And he did say that Levi Wallace and Pat Fryermuth have not cleared the concussion protocol, but they're expecting them to clear that concussion protocol early in this week, and they hope to get them working back this week ahead of the Week 7 game on Sunday Night Football against the Miami Dolphins. But the biggest injury news, and I said this on Monday, and I said it in the post-game podcast as well. I said, if you all are expecting Mike Tomlin to stand up there and give you any information about Kenny Pickett, well, you're probably, you're probably wrong. You know who's wrong? I was wrong. 
Mike Tomlin stood up there, and I, this is really telling for me. And there's a lot of experts now on concussions on Twitter, which I think is hysterical. Some people just giving their own, oh, this is what I think. Well, no one really asked what you think, and do you have any background with concussions and dealing with them? That's neither here nor there. But he stood up there and said that everything that he's been told from the medical experts is that Kenny Pickett should be a full participant in practice this week and that he will continue to be monitored throughout the week and see how things go. If he's deemed to be healthy and he's able to play, he is the quarterback. So before we talk about what it was said there at the very end, let's talk about what's going on with Kenny Pickett. No one from the Steelers said that I've seen ever said that he was had a diagnosed concussion. They said he's in the concussion protocol. That could mean that Kenny Pickett, after getting hit, is he, or, and he falls back and hits his head on the Akershire Stadium turf, he could have had a headache or he could have been a little dizzy, lightheaded, whatever. Well, that's enough for them to say, okay, he's not coming back in the game. We got to monitor him. But if those go away and he has no other symptoms, then there's not a guarantee that you have a concussion. For instance, I could fall down a flight of steps and I could hit my head. And I hit my head doesn't mean that I'm guaranteed to have a concussion. I said this on Monday and I'll say it again. Not every concussion, which is a is essentially a bruised brain, not every concussion is the same. Just like if we both get hit with a baseball in the thigh, one bruise might be worse than the other. It's just the way the body heals. It's the way the body handles the injury. And Mike Tomlin, and I agree with him, he said that UPMC has some of the best experts in the world in this category. People like Tua. Everyone's talking about Tua and Tua's concussions, which was really scary. I'm not saying it wasn't. But even Tua came to Pittsburgh to be evaluated before he was cleared to actually return to the field. That tells you something about the experts the Steelers are dealing with in the city of Pittsburgh. And so he said, Mike Tomlin, that Kenny Pickett's going to practice this week. He does not expect him to be limited. It sounds like Kenny Pickett, as long as he doesn't all of a sudden have some crazy symptoms, is going to play this Sunday night. And I kind of said this on all my podcasts after the game last Sunday. And that was, if he's healthy to play, then he should play. If Kenny Pickett is not comfortable playing, then Kenny Pickett should tell that to the coaching staff, and I'm sure they wouldn't play him. But these guys are football players. And I know there's where there's going to be people listening to this and say, well, Jeff, sometimes you got to save these players from themselves. But in this case, save them from what? If he doesn't have a concussion, save him from what? This is where it comes down to the fact that we don't know. None of us do. I don't know. You listening don't know. The... All the other media do not know. We are not in that locker room. We are not in those meetings with the medical experts. We are not actually looking at Kenny Pickett, whether it's a brain scan, whether it's doing the simple balance test, things like that. We don't know. So I was shocked. I was absolutely stunned that Mike Tomlin was that, was divulging that much information. He's just someone that loves to keep it close to the vest. But here's why. My own opinion, here is why. The reason he did this was because he does not want a quarterback controversy in the city of Pittsburgh, not on his watch, not with his team. And that's why he came out and said, if he's healthy, he's the guy. He said, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do this song and dance. If he's healthy, that's the quarterback. We're just getting that out of the way right now. Now, if he's not healthy, that's different. Then they'll go to Mitch. 
But if he's healthy, he is the guy. So Mike Tomlin right away saying, this is how we're going to handle this. So he's going to trust the medical experts. Don't be shocked if Kenny Pickett is a full participant on the injury report this week. And just keep in mind that it doesn't necessarily mean, because he's in the protocol, that he has a diagnosed concussion. And it also doesn't mean that Kenny Pickett is somehow in grave danger because not every head injury is the same. So that was some injury updates there. Uh, I do want to mention a couple other things before we get to the DEFCON numbers. You know, if you saw these headlines, I didn't write this story because I just, I don't want to give, I don't want to add gasoline to an already lit fire. Twitter is sometimes, it's not like Facebook. I think Facebook is the dumpster fire of social media. Twitter's gaining on it pretty quick. And Kevin Dotson spoke about how he was getting death threats. Now, Kevin Dotson was very open after the game. He was the, I have a whole list of the players that play for the Steelers. And he was the first player that tweeted anything about the game. And it was an apology saying, I'm sorry. I made mistakes. It's, I, I feel bad for my teammates. It was an apology. He didn't go out there and tell everyone to go, you know what, themselves and to go kick rocks, fly a kite, however you want to put it. He didn't say that. He said, I'm sorry. People saying, oh, why don't you just go kill yourself and all this stuff? Like, come on, people. What are we doing as a fan base? What are we doing as a fan base that that's where you take it? Kevin Dotson was on my losers list, but I'm not, I don't want him to go and harm himself. I don't want, I don't wish any ill will on him because he had three penalties and had a brain fart and didn't go out there for a field goal kick. I'm not doing that. Come on, people. You're better than that. The next time you are thinking about sending a tweet, and you're like, ah, what's this going to look like? Just delete it. Delete it, delete it, delete it. Do not hit tweet. If you have any question about it at all, just don't send it. I will also chime in because Mike Tomlin brought it up about the reports that Mitch Trubisky and Deontay Johnson had a quote-unquote altercation in week four during the New York Jets game at halftime, and that's why Mitch Trubisky was benched. I don't buy that for a second. Let me get that out of the way right away. I don't buy that for a second. I don't think that Mike Tomlin, of all people, if he walks into the locker room and two t- teammates are yelling at each other, maybe one says, you suck, and he said, no, you suck, whatever. I don't care what they're saying, but they're arguing. Mike Tomlin's not going to say, you know what, Mitch? You're benched. Like, No, that's that's not going to happen. I believe Brian Anthony Davis, I'd have to go back and check the actual game from the TV production side. So not the all-22 film. I want to see the TV game on in week four against the Jets. They zoom in on Mike Tomlin at the very end of the half. Kenny Pickett walks behind him, and Mike Tomlin says something to him, and it looks like Kenny Pickett gets this okay. I agree with Brian Davis when he said, I think that's when Mike Tomlin told him, you're the guy, you're in. So if that's the case, there's no way that this happened. Mike Tomlin didn't say that it didn't happen. He said that sometimes this stuff does happen. He's not acknowledging it, saying it did or didn't. Look, these two guys could have been getting into it, and Mike Tomlin could have gotten in and been like, hey, we're going with Kenny no matter what. So, Mitch, don't worry about it. I don't know. It's it's literally not worth the time to talk about some of this stuff because some of this stuff should remain secret. It should remain secret. The last bit of news is Calvin Austin III. A lot of people are curious when this young man, the rookie wide receiver out of Memphis, is going to finally get his shot. The 21, 21-day window, that clock has been started. It's almost up. It's got about a week left. I would think that if he's going to be activated, it would be this week. Maybe not. Maybe they wait till after this upcoming game. It'll be interesting to see how they do it. There, There's no way. Mike Tomlin said he knocked a little bit of rust off last week. I don't see any way that they let this guy just coast. 
meaning they let him just say, well, we're not going to have him play. He's on season-ending IR. I don't think that's that type of injury. They're going to find a way to get him on the football field because he is that dynamic. So there's the news. Okay, let's go to the DEFCON. Updating our DEFCON, if you never listened before. The DEFCON rankings, I got this from, I think, War Games, the 1980s film. Go check it out if you haven't before. And it comes down to DEFCON levels, one through five. One is not what most people think of with one through five. One is the worst. If it's a DEFCON level one, you need to get out of town. Things are going bad in a bad way. Five, all is well. Remain calm. Let's go over this position by position. Quarterback, I'm keeping it at a four. I wasn't so upset with Kenny Pickett. I was impressed by Mitch Trubisky coming off the bench. I think the quarterback position's in a good spot. It's the same as it was last week at a four. And the same with the running backs. Everyone wants to bash Najee Harris. They only ran the ball between the running backs 16 times on Sunday against Tampa Bay. That's it. Combined, Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. You have to commit to actually running the ball, and they haven't done it. I'm not faulting the running backs for that, so it stays at a four. Wide receivers and tight ends. You know, I think back to week five in Buffalo, there were a lot of drop passes. Players just weren't really going after it the way that they should. They are going up a notch. They were three last week. Wide receivers, tight ends, the pass catchers go up to a four. Was really impressed with Chase Claypool. Deontay Johnson made some nice catches. George Pickens doing his George Pickens thing. And even Connor Hayward getting in the mix. It was good to see the versatility from these guys. I have met a four. The last is offensive line. I have it going down one. It was at a four last week. I have it going down to a three. Kevin Dotson's performance doesn't help. Mason Cole's foot doesn't help. James Daniel's ankle doesn't help. But ultimately, if they can just eliminate some of these penalties, I would be more confident in the offensive line. I still am confident, but they're going down one in the DEFCON rankings to a three. Next, let's go to defense. The defensive line, they were at a two after Buffalo. I have them going up to a three this week. Larry O played out of his mind. Cam Hayward played well. They were all over it. I loved how they utilized Isaiah Loudermilk and Chris Wormley. Really using the bodies available to the best of their ability. I loved it. Defensive backs, they go up one as well to a three. Why? Why? Who would have thought that Josh Jackson, James Pierre, uh, you know, would fill in for a Cam Sutton, Nikella Witherspoon? You're talking about Trey Norwood in the back end. Just great stuff by the defensive backs. If they can build off of that and get some healthy players, I think this could be a really de- decent secondary. Decent secondary. Not great. Decent. So they go up to a three. That's up one. Inside linebackers stay the same at four. Miles Jack was all over the field. Devin Bush made a critical play. And even Robert Spillane, yeah, I listened to Mike Tomlin's press conference. I'm not crazy about him in coverage. They asked him to do a lot. So I'm going to give him some leeway there. He's probably being asked to do things that he's not comfortable doing even as a player. But I have the inside linebacker staying at four. Outside linebackers, they stay the same at two. Although Alex Highsmith did get a strip sack, I'm just not crazy about the production outside of him. And special teams, stays at a four. You had a 55-yarder from Chris Boswell. You had some good returns from Sims. You had Presley Harvin not punting the ball horribly, not not out of this world. That's why it's not a five. It's a four, so it stays the same. There's the DEFCON numbers after week six heading in to week seven. So with Mike Tomlin talking so much about the quarterbacks today, I'm sorry, Tuesday, It made me think about the fan narrative and what a lot of people are thinking about right now as the team prepares for this Sunday night game in Miami. And I want to make something very clear. From my standpoint as this podcaster, from my standpoint as a writer for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, 
someone that covers the football team in our own way. Folks, this is the title of the podcast for a reason. This isn't just about the Steelers quarterback moving forward. If you are someone that is watching this team and the only thing that you are concerned with is the quarterback position, I, I, I'm sorry, I just can't agree with that. Yes, for the future, it does have some bearing. But for the now, this team, everyone's talking about the quarterbacks, but I think you're missing the bigger picture. I'll put it that way. So let's just take a look at some numbers. And this is something Dave Schofield does on Thursdays, and I'm not trying to steal his thunder, but I wanted to look at where the Steelers rank in terms of offense and defense, basic categories, just where they rank. Okay, now Dave always takes it a step further. He looks at the up, upcoming team, where they rank, stuff like that. So on offense, the Steelers' yards per game is 291.5. That's 29th. Rushing yards per game, 86.7, 28th. Passing yards per game, 204.8, 25th. Points per game, 16.2, 30th in the league. Let me just go over the rankings there again. 29th, yards. 28th, rushing. 25th passing, points 30th. The best passing. It's the highest ranked unit on offense. I mean, think about what I'm saying here, folks. Think about what I'm saying. Let's go to defense, though. Yards per game, 398 a game, 29th. Rushing yards a game, 120.2, 18th. Passing yards a game, 277.8, 30th. Points per game, 24.3, tied for 23rd. Let's go over the rankings again. 29th, 18th, 30th, tied for 23rd. The rushing yards, the rushing defense is the best part of the Steelers' defense statistically right now. You look at turnovers. The Steelers have a plus one differential. That's not bad, right? They're on the right side of that differential. They have had three fumbles, six interceptions throughout the first Six games, nine total. Takeaways, obviously, you can do the simple math. They've had 10, eight interceptions, two fumble recoveries. The leader in the NFL, by a large margin, large margin, the Philadelphia Eagles are plus 12. So this is what I'm trying to get to here, folks. What exactly does this team do so well that the only thing that we, as fans, need to be concerned with is the quarterback? The answer is nothing. The answer is nothing. You think that the only important part of this season is the quarterback? Like I said, it is important for the future, but it's not all about right now. Yes, I want to see Kenny Pickett do well, not only because I've verbally backed him since he was seen at training camp, but more importantly because if they get someone, if Kenny Pickett is that guy, then they have their guy for the next decade plus. And that would be fantastic when the Steelers, if the Steelers retired their last guy and in the next year get their next guy. Most teams are not that fortunate. That's why I want this to work so well. But we can't be so short-sighted. When you think about all of these teams' issues, is quarterback paramount? No. No, it's not. You look at those offensive numbers, the offensive line's not playing poorly. They have the skill position players. And I honestly don't think the quarterback play has been awful. Whether it's Trubisky, Pickett, doesn't matter. The offensive coordinator is an issue. The play calling has been an issue. Everyone that knows anything about football, and I'm talking about people that know more than me, not just my own opinion, they have been saying for weeks now that the offensive coordinator is an issue. We know that depth is an issue, especially on defense. Now, yeah, they just played out of their rear ends last week 
Hey, you talk about the Josh Jacksons, the Quincy Wilsons. You're talking about Arthur Millette and Trey Norwood. I just named all those players. Elijah Riley. They're playing out of their minds, but the depth is an issue at a lot of positions on this football team, especially on defense. Sometimes the fundamentals are an issue. Uh, catching the football. Yeah, that's been talked about a lot. How about tackling? That's been discussed a lot. And even when you're talking about players and the way that they handle their business has been discussed a lot. So the fundamentals, yeah, that's an issue too. And that's not talk about the holes in the roster. You talk about the defensive line, aging. You talk about inside linebacker, like Devin Bush, cornerback, the offensive guard position. Look, if you want to paint the picture that this team right now, it's all about the quarterback, that's fine. Go uh, go for it. Go for it. But if you're actually talking about the team, it's so much more than just the quarterback. And so I know that there's people in the in the mailbag segment that have asked me about whether the Steelers are capable of turning it around. Well, if, if they're going to turn this thing around, and two and four, they have not turned it around. They just barely moved the rudder last week on the on the ship. All right, so that, that it's not turned around. But if they're going to turn this thing around, they need better play all across the board and better coaching all across the board. Look at those rankings, and they will tell you that the Steelers right now, even after a win, are just not a very good football team. It's not all about the quarterback. For me, other issues trump the quarterback play. There's a lot of people that said it. Doesn't matter who the, who the quarterback is with this coordinator. Got to be honest, the longer I see it, the more I believe it. That's fact, in my personal opinion. All right, so if you think that this is all about the quarterback, I can't, I, I, I disagree. I just disagree. I cannot agree with that sentiment. That is an important factor in this. And it, we talk about the rebuild, the two to three years, expediting the process. That is important, but it's not the only issue with this team moving forward. All right, in the second half of the show, we've got some questions, and don't forget to stay tuned. We've got that trivia for you in that starter jacket. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second half. I told you that when we came back, I was going to give you that trivia question. The trivia question for the starter jacket via the homage company here is, and and what I decided, all these trivia questions are going to somehow be related with the Steelers and the Miami Dolphins. Steelers and Dolphins, all right? So now, my trivia question goes back to a game that most fans that were alive for this will remember vividly. We'll probably never forget it. It was one of the worst games, in my opinion, ever played. Final score, 3 to nothing. At Heinz Field, 
Monday Night Football. Here is the trivia. I want to know the jersey number of the player who famously kicked the football, which plugged into the Heinz Field turf in that 3 to nothing win over Miami. All right, so I'll say it again. What is the jersey number of the player who famously kicked the football, which plugged into the Heinz Field turf in that 3 to nothing win over Miami? In, uh, that was obviously in Pittsburgh. Don't email me that answer. Do not hit me up on Twitter with that answer. You write that thing down. You put it in your notes on your phone. I don't care what you do with it, but do not email me. I need all four of these before you actually have a shot at winning this jacket. So you write it down. You're going to have to listen to the Stack Geek tomorrow. You're going to have to listen to me on Friday. You're going to have to listen to the Here We Go Steelers show on Friday at noon. And then you email me to win that sweet starter jacket. All right, enough trivia. It is time for the mailbag. Let's dive head first. In case you're wondering, how do you do this? On Tuesday, you follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N, underscore P-I-T. I put out the tweet Tuesday morning, and you have to respond. So here we go. Southside Doc, Doc M, kicks things off. He says, uh, what offensive changes or tweaks slash game planning will it take for the Steelers to score more than 25 points? That's a great question. 25 points in today's NFL should not be a challenge, yet here we are talking about it like it's some insurmountable feat for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The offensive changes, in my opinion, the Steelers are going to have to be creative, more creative, and they're going to have to let their quarterbacks take some shots. You saw it with Trubisky. Just those long third third down conversions. I think one was to Pickens, two, was to, two were to Claypool. And, you know, yeah, you want to throw in the Connor Haywood play. That was a broken play. Great play. Great diagnosing of getting that free play, drawing them off sides. But, you know, that, that, that was a fluky play. The other play's legit. That's the stuff they're going to have to start doing more if they want to move the football. And the one thing I can't get out of my mind is that on that 89-yard Steven Sims return to start the third quarter, Kenny Pickett's still in the game. So he gets the football. And they run routes. They create. They. They. I'm pretty sure they complete a pass to Deontay Johnson on the sideline, and then they only throw towards the end zone one time. They got down to the ten yard line, and not only one pass even crossed the goal line. And obviously, they ended up settling for a field goal. Take some shots. You have to trust your quarterbacks. That's the biggest thing. I, I cannot stress that enough. All right, here we go. Heath Davis has three. He said, Santa Claus, a giant turkey, Jack Skeleton, the Easter Bunny, and the Tooth Fairy, the one played by The Rock. You draft three to the Steelers and one to the coaching staff. Who do you take and where do they go? All right, Santa Claus, uh, or Andy Reid, as you want to call him, he could be the head coach. I'm going to take um, Jack Skeleton as the kicker. He looks like he has a kicker build. Definitely The Rock uh, as a linebacker. And we'll say Easter Bunny as a running back. There you go. Use the speed. Another one from Heath. Can Coach T and the boys scheme the defense around Tua similar to how they were able to around Brady? Or do you think the film provided by that game will let the cat out of the bag? Well, I think that that, that game plan for Tom Brady and the Bucks was so geared towards what they want to do. The Miami, they might look at it and say, okay, this is good, but is it what they're going to do against Tampa? Or is, it, is that what they're going to do against Miami? What they did against Tampa Bay? Nah, I don't know. Not to mention, what if Akella Witherspoon comes back or Cam Sutton comes back uh, or Levi Wallace is back? Now, all of a sudden, you have different players in the lineup. That's going to change how they're going to coach them up. So I don't think that it's going to be 
they could maybe scheme it similar, but I don't think Miami's going to be able to glean too much from that film. Heath Davis's third question. Now that your two partners acknowledged that the Steel Panther is a great nickname, will you start calling KP8 that or not? I'm not. I'm not going to call them the Steel Panther. I'm just sorry. I'm sorry, Heath. You're a loyal guy. You're part of the Ride or Die crew. I love you to death, but man... I'm just, I, I can't do the Steel Panther thing. Sorry. Corey Eckenroth asks, if the Steelers get to three and four with a win this weekend in Miami and hold pace in the division, does it make you feel a little bit better about the trajectory of this season? Absolutely. You know, I, this is something Dave Schofield said on the preview last week. He said if they could win two games, this was obviously before the Tampa game, if they could win two games before the bye, he said, I had, the, he predicted them at three and five at the bye week. We knew this was a tough stretch coming out. I mean, did I predict them to win against Cincinnati and then lose to the Jets? I probably didn't. If I gave the realistic predictions, I always predict the Steelers will win every week. But no, absolutely, I'd feel better about the trajectory of the season. We know in the second half, the schedule does ease up a bit. and You've got some winnable games. You've got teams like Carolina on the schedule. So, that let's just see if they can win. I said, I told you last week, by the way, on one of these shows that I do that. I think the Steelers could, it will definitely win one game before the bye, If not two, I think they can win on Sunday night. I'll be honest with you, Joshua Petrick. He says, Hey Jeff, not really a question. It would be awesome if the Steelers defense is starting to come together and TJ comes back to, to a competent defense instead of one that needs him, needs him any at, at all. I know our strength of schedule is a lot weaker on the back half, so unless we play down, I bet we can go 7-1 after the bye. What you bring up, Joshua, was a really good point about TJ. They finally got that monkey off their back of winning a game when TJ Watt's not in the lineup, and that's been one that's been a bugaboo for this team for a long time. But still, you bring up a good point about with him being gone, if the defense can get things together, him coming back is only going to make the unit stronger. So this is going to be really interesting when he comes back. How it's going to look? Are they going to be so reliant on him? Hey, seven and one down the stretch. I'll have to look at the schedule, um, but after the bye week, and I'll let you know. But hey, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Tank. He only asked one this week. If the Steelers can string together a few wins until the bye week and come back healthy, how realistic is ten or seven or eleven and six? Um, ten and seven definitely seems to be more realistic. They would have to stay healthy. You'd have to see a much better offense. The defense, you'd have to get T.J. Watt back as T.J. Watt, not as a shell of T.J. Watt. So there's a lot of factors in that tank, but let's let's not jump the gun here. <laughs> let's not jump the gun. Let's take it one game at a time. Aiden Blaine asks, hey, Jeff, what defensive scheme do you think the Steelers will utilize to try to stop Miami's super fast receivers, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Now I know Waddle's banged up, so I'm not sure what his health status is. That'll be one to keep an eye on Tyreek Hill. The Steelers have done a pretty good job against him when he was in Kansas city. Now it's a different ball of wax down in Miami, a different quarterback, you know, Jacecki is not Kelsey, but he's still dynamic that this is different. This is totally different in my opinion. If Waddle plays, that makes it much more challenging. If it's just Tyreek Hill, I think the Steelers could really utilize Mika Fitzpatrick and try to bracket him off. We'll see. The injury report's going to be something to watch, and we'll have that all for you at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. 
Ryan Carter says, am I overreacting? But it, did it seem like the DBs and the backers simply did their job? I think Tom Brady said it, quote, Pittsburgh will, Pittsburgh will simplify the defense. Could that have, end quote, could that have been what was needed? And yes, I can relate to your disdain for Tom Brady. I'm from Boston. I think that the Steelers defensive coaching staff said, we just have to coach to our, like, we just have to coach our team right now. We have to say, this is, these are our guys. Another, like a Joe Hayden's not walking through the door to save the day. Not that he would, but still you get my drift. He's not coming in here. So here's who we have. We need to build a plan that they can actually go out there and do. And they did to their credit. Was it simple? Probably. I haven't looked at the film. I haven't rewatched the game or anything yet, but yeah, just do your job. That's the age old sentiment from football coaches from peewee all the way up through the pros. Nathan Van Slyke, not related to my favorite baseball player, Andy, back in the 90s. Hey, Jeff, I heard that KZ should be coming off IR this week. Do you think if he and Minka are able to play that they'll start implementing the three-safety set we were hoping for in the offseason? So here's the thing about KZ. Well, he was suspended, and I think that's done. But that wrist injury might be one that he doesn't come back as soon as people hope. The dude broke an arm in his lower arm. So he broke he broke a bone, I should say, in his lower arm. Whether it was his wrist, whether it was his forearm, his hand, I don't know. That was never released. But still, that injury, it can take some time. I mean, it could take upwards of six weeks, eight weeks. And I, I only I, I relate this back to like my students in school. You'll see a kid come in with a cast. I had a student come in, he had a cast from his shoulder down to his wrist. Six weeks later, that cast goes down to now one that's just below his elbow to his wrist. Three weeks later, now he still has to wear a brace, and he has to wear a brace for another three weeks. Then the brace comes off, and he's still kind of limited with what he could do. Think about that timeline. Now, I'm not saying that he did all that. That that was a severe arm break from the kid that played football in middle school. But still, think about the body healing and how long it takes. When he's able to come back, they'll probably start his clock. I would imagine... I would probably guess after the bye week would be when KZ, the first opportunity for him to have his 21-day window started. Tyler W., and no one asked Tomlin about that, by the way. Nathan, just so you know, I'm shocked no one did, or TJ Watt this past week. Tyler W., okay, Highsmith sacks over under 15. He's at 6.5 right now, and you look at things and you say, okay, if TJ Watt comes back, that should help him. I don't know if it will help him. I'm going to take the under. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm going to take the under, but not by much, around 14. I think he finishes around 14. I think he has a heck of a season. Cheeseball 10, if this season continues to go the way it's going with the offensive play calling, do you think Canada is gone? I don't think it's so much the play calling, it's the results. Go back to the numbers I said in the first half. Points per game, 16.2, 30th in the league. You can't win games when you don't score points. That's what's going to be... Does Canada get to keep his job or not? If they can score points, if they can get that average up over 20, that's a different story. It's not so much the play calling as it is the results of the play calling. Let's go to Erin Cummins. She said, I hope I'm not too late for the mailbag. You are not. Wanted to wait until after the press conference ended today so I could just say without jinxing things, but they actually got through a press conference without any technical issues. Yes, celebrate, celebrate, Aaron. They did it. Congratulations, you did it. Reminds me of Elf when he goes into the coffee shop and says it's the world best cup of coffee. He goes, congratulations, you did it. I felt like doing that to the Steelers uh, on Tuesday as they successfully streamed the press conference. Who would have thought? 
2022. Zach Farnsworth says, with concussions being talked about more in today's NFL, do you see the Steelers maybe resting Kenny this week to avoid another concussion this week like two ahead? All right. I just got to go back and listen to what I said, Zach, earlier. I think that if Kenny is deemed healthy, they are going to play him, and people are going to hate me for that. That's fine. You are entitled to your opinion. Anton Char says, new listener, welcome. I hope I said that correctly. Anton or Anton, welcome to the Ride or Die crew. He said, new listener, longtime reader. Thanks for the work. Bit of a moot point as he played pretty well. But do you think that in the case KP8 is out this week, if Mitch had struggled coming off the bench on Sunday, that Mike Tomlin and company would have started Mason against the Finns this week? I think that they have Mason Rudolph there and saying, if we need to use him, we know what we have. The guy's been with the team for five years. He's played a lot of football. They know that he'll be ready. They know he knows the offense. I think they're very comfortable if someone gets hurt or if he is the best option for the team going to him. But that's a great question. Welcome to the podcast family. You'll like it around here, I tell you. Last question from Ben. He said, do you think if Kenny hadn't left, he puts up a big fourth quarter like Trubisky and the Steelers get the win? I hate being negative because I love Kenny at quarterback, but I just don't see him putting up 140 yards, a touchdown, and two big third down conversions. He only had 67 yards halfway in the third. You are correct with those stats. But I I don't know if, again, I I don't know what plays are being called. I don't know. I have have not rewatched the film. I have not seen the all-22. Someone like Jeffrey Benedict or even our own Kevin Smith has not done an article that's based on what did Kenny Pickett have? What he didn't? I did see a couple films, film room bits, snippets on Twitter that showed there were some plays that Kenny might have missed. He's a rookie, though. I mean, would he have pulled it off? I don't know. I really don't know. There's a good chance he might not have. But you know, the one thing is, is that the Steelers have obviously hitched their wagon to Kenny Pickett. Mike Tomlin made that very clear. And he said, this is going to be our guy. And they're going to go through the lumps. They're going to go through the growing pains. And they're going to say, we're going to get this guy. We're going to get him ready. So, all right. There you go. Good mailbag. Not as many questions, but I'm okay with that. I really am okay with that. I think that this was a show I had a lot of stuff to do. So a lot of stuff to go over. Hope you all enjoyed it. I know I did. Don't forget to check out Dave Schofield tomorrow morning for the second trivia question. Member. Yeah, he's. I don't know when he's going to do his on his show. you got to listen to the whole thing. And then I'll be back on Friday to talk about all things Steelers as it gets you geared up for the game against the Miami Dolphins on Sunday Night Football. All right, that does it for me, folks. You know how we finish it up here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a good rest of your week. I'll see you on Friday. Good to you. My candles burning bright.